1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Drew Holden. Uh, Drew hasn't been on the show in a long time for uh, reasons that he actually gets into on the podcast, but it's always a great time talking to Drew, and we had a lot to cover Uh, As always, obviously, Ron DeSantis is set to uh, jump into the race officially tonight. Um, The predictable reaction from the corporate press uh, and new polls showing that uh, Americans have completely turned on the Democrats over this uh, debt ceiling fight. Really encouraging stuff there. A lot to get to, as always, before we get to Drew. Um, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five star rating and a good review. i would really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash The No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Drew Holden. <laughs> All right guys, we're here with my brother drew Holden drew welcome back, my friend
0: Brady, my man thank you it's It's really really great to be back uh you know i i there were um there were some some days where I would sleep in and be like, you know what this is uh this is nice i i I'd like the not getting out of bed early, but man uh after after about a year on the shelf it's it's really really great to be back and be healthy
1: yeah man uh we've all been praying for you. I'm sure there's a lot of people. Um listening that are gonna be excited to hear from you, nobody's heard from you in a while, but uh for, <laughs> yeah. for, for people that don't know you, just you know give us a brief you know fifteen seconds what you've been through this last year man
0: yeah, so um the the long story, as short as I can get it is that i you know I've been having these symptoms for a while headaches, dizziness um I ignore them, I'm not good, but I wasn't at least good with doctors um and my girlfriend eventually talked me into seeing someone, God bless her and it turned out that the reason i was having all these symptoms was i had a blockage in my brain and i needed brain surgery so um eventually got the brain surgery thought i was in the clear this is back in wow, may or june of 2020 and uh, at the follow-up to the brain surgery they figured out that the reason i had the blockage was because i had a tumor so they weren't sure how to treat it originally. But eventually jumped into chemo and then radiation and uh, after, you know, about six months between the two of those, I got my last scans back a couple of weeks ago and I'm I'm in remission. There's no evidence of tumor on any of the scans. So I'm I'm really, really fortunate and now I'm kind of on the you know, on the road to recovery.
1: That's awesome, man. God is good and God's you know, good. you're you're hard to kill, my friend. They're gonna have to do a lot <laughs> they're gonna you. have to do a lot better than that. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the, the CNN or Washington Post or, or I think whoever had, <laughs> uh, had 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 put in this bug in the medical institutions here, they, they hopefully they got it.
1: The haters and losers. Yeah, <laughs> right, absolutely. Right. So a ton to get to, as always, man. Obviously, the big news of the day. Um, Ron DeSantis is set to formally enter the race tonight. Um, he's going to be making his announcement on Twitter uh, in, in a Twitter space with Elon Musk, which is pretty weird. You know, we're never... Yep. See anything like that? But I I dig it. I think you know he uh he's going on Mark Levin's show right after then Fox News and doing a call uh with with voters. So he's covering all of his bases. But before we get uh before we jump into all of it, um, what do you make of like the timing? Obviously, he waited till after the legislative session ended, and and you know doing this you know digitally with with Elon yeah. on Twitter and all that. Yeah,
0: you know it's a it, it's a good question, Brady. I think my my first thought in terms of the timing is you know. I, I think waiting until the end of the legislative session was probably strategically good, but more importantly, I think it was good for his constituents in Florida, right? He could, he could run through the tape on the issues that he cared about. He could run through the tape on his legislative, legislative agenda. Uh, I think that was wise. To me, as you know, the guy who, the guy who writes and, and is interested in the media and what they do right and probably more often what they do wrong, um, I'm really interested in the way he's choosing to kick this off. Because I've heard some criticism that, oh, you know, it's so online and here we go, needs to get the Twitter people. But to me, what it really represents more than anything is a bypassing of the corporate press in something that they have historically acted as gatekeepers for, right? For a long time, I think candidates, right, left, center, who are running for any higher office, but particularly for the presidency, they felt like they needed to trade favors with the media in order to get into people's homes. And I think Ron DeSantis is stress testing this to say, I'm not sure I need to give you this access I always have. I can do this through Twitter and then and then run through on Fox News afterwards, and there's nothing you can do to stop me except get angry.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, DeSantis has a, a long history of just completely stonewalling the press, which, yeah. I, which I love.
0: <laughs> but Same.
1: You know, it's funny that the the two online criticism, it's like Biden announced he was running for re-election in an article in The Atlantic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like it's better and to I be think, online than in print. I mean, it's 2023. Yes. Like, I don't even understand that criticism.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think to me, it's, you, you know, it's it, again, it's a stress test of this this theory that I think the press believes very much in that you have to go through us to get the legitimacy and the seriousness that a president needs to have in front of the American people, right? And I, I, don't, I don't buy that. And I think increasingly, people don't buy that, right? And so to me, this is definitely of a piece with, you're right, DeSantis stonewalling the press, not being someone who's offering one-on-one interviews. And he said consistently, you can come to the press conferences I have every week, where we talk about the business of what's going on in Florida. The issue is the New York Times and CNN and ABC and everyone else, they're not interested in that, right? They don't want to do the grunt work of being a journalist. They want the glitzy TV sit-down one-on-one interview. And he's not going to give them that and I I, I really appreciate that fact.
1: Yeah, I think the, the bottom line behind that strategy of just freezing out journalists is that DeSantis learned from the Trump years i mean yeah. like trump trump saw everything they did, the corporate media did to him over over you know a 5 year stretch and learned mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> like he's still doing the exact same stuff and DeSantis watched the the corporate press tear trump apart his entire administration was like hmm well maybe I won't walk into that buzzsaw. I mean, like, my yeah. goodness. Like, and Trump is still sitting down with CNN and Maggie Haberman, and he'll probably help you know, Bob Woodward write another bestseller and all that. And DeSantis is like, well, why would I do, why would I do that? Yeah. Like, we see yeah. how they're going to treat me. They're going to treat me exactly how they treated Trump. Why would I do that?
0: Right, exactly. And I think you know, it's been interesting, because I think the flip side, as you mentioned, is that Trump, you know, he'll huff and he'll puff and whatever, but then he'll do the next CNN town hall. Right. He'll he'll walk in and he'll be the heel and it'll go exactly how he wants it to go and also exactly how CNN wants it to go. Right. And so I think by DeSantis coming out and saying, I'm not going to play this game the way that other people have in the past. I'm serious. And and this to me is the big point. I'm serious about what I don't like about the press and what it means for our country. That, to me, is what he's saying, is that this isn't just I'm sick of you being mean and nasty to me and people who are like me. It's I actually think you're a real problem, and the way that you do business is a genuine issue.
1: Oh, 100 percent. And yeah, and like Trump is not clearly not being serious when he's calling the press the enemy of the people and all that, Mm -hmm. which is a great line that I agree with. But he, he doesn't mean it because he's best friends with Maggie Haberman of The New York Times. I mean, like, he doesn't actually believe the rhetoric. And I'm sitting over here, my, you know, my crazy, you know, radical self over here. I'm like, no, 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 really. Like, they start wars. Like, the Iraq War, 500,000 civilians dead would not have happened without the corporate press selling it to the American people. Like, these people are blood-soaked monsters. These are some of the worst people on planet Earth. Like, they are quite literally not only the enemy of the American people, but good and decent people across the globe. Like, these are horrible people that need—these entities need to be destroyed. Please, Donald Trump, stop making CNN and the New York Times money. <laughs> Our goal should be to bankrupt these people. Yeah. Sue them to oblivion. Not,
0: and money that they're not bringing in otherwise, too, right? And I think that's, that's, where, that's where the stress test mentality for me comes in with the Santas, is that it isn't just about the content of what the press is putting out. And why he, I think he's he's doing this. You know, my hunch is that part of it is also no one watches CNN anymore. No one watches MSNBC. And I think he's he's betting that this election cycle, it's not going to be like 2016 redux. It's not going to be these huge soaring numbers for the press where, you know, they they leech up every every dollar and cent they possibly can. And then, uh, you know, go into hibernation right i I think he's I think he's betting, and I think probably rightly, that this time it will be different, and they're kind of on their last legs, and that if you can go in and do a Twitter space where you can make your announcement directly to the American people, and then the other thing too, on the back end of it then get all of corporate press talking about it anyway, right? You think CNN's going to black right. out the DeSantis announcement right. tonight and tomorrow? No, of course not. <laughs> They're just not going to get their stupid little one-on-one sit-down interview where they can ask him about his childhood.
1: Exactly. I mean, like the CNN journalists tweeting about how ridiculous it is that DeSantis yeah. is. I'm like, guys, you work for... MSNBC, like you're gonna talk about it on T V. <laughs> like, right. What are you, it's gonna you- be the
0: only thing they yeah. talk about on MSNBC tonight, right? I'm sure I'm sure that after his announcement, there will be no other subject that exists on any of these corporate outlets other than the DeSantis announcement and they'll throw in some some whining about themselves too i'm sure right <laughs> like like a big part like it will yeah it'll be about DeSantis but what really they'll be interested in talking about is how hurtful DeSantis is to them and their friends because that's actually what they're interested in all of this
1: and 100% of the attacks on DeSantis will be personal because yes His policies are extraordinarily popular, at least in Florida. You know, he just won re-election by 20 points, which is insane. He got 60% of the vote. Um, I mean, Democrats can criticize, you know, the policies, but, I mean, you know, they're working. I mean, they've (laughs) made—I mean, they've made Mm -hmm. Florida— you know, prosperous and safe and, and a great place to live. So it's like yep. you really can't hit them there. Um, so they they just have to go personal, and especially from Trump, because DeSantis is to the right of Trump on everything. He's far yeah. better than Trump on literally everything from abortion, immigration, economics, the woke capital stuff, the culture wars. DeSantis is beating him everywhere. Um yeah. And and even with independents, you know, if you look at the polling statewide or state to state polling. Um, Independence, you know, favored DeSantis, his policies over over Trump's policies, and th- that's why Trump and the corporate press are already. I mean, he hasn't even announced yet, right? Yeah. He's he's already attacking Ron's wife, Casey DeSantis, and you wrote about this for wow. the Beacon. I mean, I you, you have the entire media quoting noted marriage expert Roger Stone of all people. Yeah,
0: right, right. It's it's. So for context for folks, in, in case you haven't seen the piece, so Politico put out a hit piece, not on Ron DeSantis, but on the governor's wife, Casey DeSantis, where uh, they pulled out a classic political trope that she's like the woman behind the curtain who's operating her husband and causing him to make all his decisions, um, a la Lady Macbeth. So for those who haven't, just in case, it's uh, so the, the the play Macbeth by Shakespeare um, she is the one Lady Macbeth, who convinces her husband to kill the king so that he can be king and she can be queen and it's 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 a number of things, Brady. I think the first thing is that it's gross, right? Like attacking a- attacking the wife or the the spouse of someone in public office based on innuendo and rumors. and again, <laughs> like you mentioned, the the opinions and thoughts of Roger Stone. Is, is, is BS, right? It, does, it doesn't actually, it, it shouldn't hold water to normal people. But when you go through the actual story, it's, they're, they're quoting over and over again. They quote unnamed sources, unnamed sources. People have known the couple since shortly after they got married. A whole bunch of people who just want to bad mouth, powerful, important people off the record to journalists. And the, the whole thing rings, like even even if it were just that, I think the whole story would ring as something gross. But my favorite part, I think, of the of the entire piece is that back in November of 2022, which, for those who don't have a calendar in front of them, is all of like six or seven months ago, Politico put out a piece saying that it was time to retire – the shakespearean trope of lady macbeth as politician's <laughs> wife because they were upset that people were saying it first about Hillary Clinton in the 90s but then about Jill Biden um because of because of president Biden's mental uh shortcomings right and so they they had they had just said that this is the sort of thing that good reputable journalists don't do and then they trotted out the same tr- the same trope courtesy of Roger Stone <laughs> to attack someone they don't like.
1: Yeah, man. It it is it is incredible. And like they they have nothing on Casey DeSantis obviously. No. I mean like the the, the, whole, the whole hit piece boils down to like Ron DeSantis has a healthy marriage and respects his wife's opinion. Right.
0: And, <laughs> the and, horror, and despite, you know, despite serious travails too, right? The, the the best part and this is this is kind of I think politico giving the game away is that they they mentioned that Before they got married, Casey DeSantis was actually a pretty accomplished journalist that she was a a local reporter and sometimes anchor in Florida. And I was like, oh, of course, like she's she's a she's a professional traitor to these people. And so, of course, they hate her. But like she's also a mother of three who just recently got over a breast cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And uh, and is seemingly working really, really hard to help the people of Florida and the press is outraged by that.
1: Yeah, and the press too. Uh, <laughs> they're not used to politicians' families being normal, right? I mean, yep. you're, and you know, you've spent a lot of time in D.C., so you know. And, and if anybody, you know, let's just say you're listening from Nebraska and, and haven't stepped foot into the cesspool of of villainy um, that is Washington D.C., it's <laughs> like either whether you're talking about the journalists or the politicians. I mean, these people are degenerates. These people are terrible human beings. They're some of the worst people. Among us. I mean, really, I mean, they're just the worst of the worst. They've all been either they're they're single and childless at age 60 or they've been divorced five times. And it's 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 like every single one of these people are like that. So they see like a normal family. and They're like, what the heck? What's wrong with them? Must be something wrong here. You know, they they're in a loving marriage. Like what's wrong with these squares over here? You know, it's like it's just
0: exactly. They can't
1: relate to them on a personal level and it bothers them
0: right or i think the other the other aspect of it is too that um not only like not only do they resent it but they don't trust it they assume that no one right. who, could, who could climb as far as around the santa there have to be ghosts and skeletons in the closet right and so but then you then you go through the reporting and it's like yeah i've always thought she was kind of mean and it's like right. it, it's it's so it it's you know it's it's preposterous, but they really can't get their heads around that there is there is a way that other people live that uh maybe is maybe is a little more conducive to health and happiness than uh than the way they have been
1: right and it will be interesting tonight to see what what tone DeSantis takes i mean you know trump yeah. is trump is trump like he's all over the place he's not uh, he was way more focused in in twenty sixteen especially on the immigration issue and illegal immigration and all that build the wall and he had he had a lot more focused messaging. Now he's just screaming like a boomer on Truth Social and attacking Republicans from the left. He doesn't really have a clear message. Nikki Haley, people like that, they don't even have a theme to their campaigns. She just wants to be Trump's VP. Tim Scott, and I wrote about this yesterday for The Examiner. Tim Scott tried to take like the super positive, happy-go-lucky, nice-guy politics route, which is— completely removed from where we are as a country. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, and, like Scott seems like a good guy. Like, I'd love to get a beer with him. Like, he passes the would-you-get-a-beer-with-him sure. test. But he actually said in his speech that America is not in decline, which is like, excuse me? Like, in in what yeah. way? I can't think of a, 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 any way that America is not in decline. I mean, like, we're in the middle of a, a, a recession that's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Te- kids test scores rival those in third world countries life expectancy is down the birth rate is down half the country hates the other half trains are derailing <laughs> yeah <laughs> balloons yeah. are falling out of- like what like what you know there's a land war in Europe that the United States government is funding you know we're flirting with nuclear war like in what way <laughs> i can't think of a certain way that that the country is not in decline so it's like You know, obviously, Tim Scott is is not the man for the moment if he doesn't even understand what we're up against. But it'll be interesting, like, you know, what needle DeSantis tries to thread, because he has to either be like the positive, like Reagan character or like the everything sucks, they're coming for you, Trump kind of character. I don't know. Like, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah,
0: it will be. I I agree with that. Yeah. And I I think... You know, one of the interesting things about the time when he's chosen to to declare for presidency, obviously assuming that's what he does tonight, it, it will be interesting to see how he does it relative to the other people who aren't Trump who are already in the race. Um, yeah, and and so I think in in some ways Scott does take up some of that the avenue that I thought he might lean into, but I don't know. I also just kind of figure that he, you know, whatever. Whatever he's he and his team have been thinking for what what they want to argue in saying this announcement, it's probably been pretty fixed for pretty long, right? And so right. you you gotta hope, regardless of what it is, for at least for his sake that it that it does have the daylight from from everybody else. And I'm sure he probably had a pretty good pretty good guess about what Trump was gonna say all along. So that that I don't think is uh <laughs> that I don't think will be the tough part.
1: Right, and the full court press against Desantis is as transparent as it is predictable. I mean, it's the entire corporate media and everybody who, who alleges to hate Donald Trump lining up right next to Trump is, is just hilarious to watch. I mean, it's like between Trump, the rest of the candidates who are only in to be Trump's VP, obviously. And then they're, they're standing side by side with the New York times, CNN, the Washington post, bill crystal, the pedophiles at the Lincoln project. (laughs) Like they're all on the same page. They all support Trump's candidacy which by the way listener at home take a second and ask yourself why let's say you're a big Trump guy still why why does the Lincoln Project Bill Crystal Maggie Haberman Donald Trump and Don Lemon all agree <laughs> like why like yep. there, there's a reason there's a reason for it and the democrats obviously it's because they're terrified of this guy the dude just won Florida by 20 points if he's the nominee he beats yeah. Biden easily everybody understands that polls have him up in every single swing state over Biden the dude wouldn't have to campaign in Florida like he wouldn't have to spend a single penny in Florida imagine right. all that cash going to Michigan Wisconsin Pennsylvania maybe a Nevada you know mm-hmm. like the you know the, the states that really matter I mean it's an absolute nightmare for for Democrats and and Trump the, the fact that Trump has already spent more money attacking DeSantis than he has than he spent last year on all of his hand-picked candidates in the midterms combined. He spent more money than that combined on taking down Ron DeSantis. So it's crazy. I have to assume, man, I have to assume that Trump's internal polling tells a story that's a heck of a lot different than DeSantis being down 30 points or whatever they want to claim. You just don't spend tens of millions of dollars on a guy who's 40 points behind. It just doesn't happen. I have to assume that it's not just the press that's scared, but the Trump team is, is pretty scared as well.
0: That sounds right to me, too.
1: Yeah, that's I just I, I, it. Doesn't no other no other scenario makes any sense, man. It just doesn't yeah. make sense. Before I let you go, I do have to talk about the most encouraging poll I've ever seen. <laughs> this was on, <laughs> this was on CNN. It was on Jake Tapper's show yesterday. They were polling uh, voters on the the debt ceiling fight they were in the middle of right now, and sixty percent of respondents said that Congress should only raise the debt limit if they reduce spending. Um, which honestly, man, I would assume that that number was at ten percent. You know, I just I assume that. No offense, but I assume the voters are stupid. I assume that nobody understands economics. Um, Fifteen percent of respondents said that you know, screw it, let the government default, and only twenty four percent said raise the debt ceiling, um, regardless of of a reduction in spending. Which is, of yeah. course, the Democrat position. So that does not bode well for right. Joe Biden and the Democrats right now. Their position is just eliminate the debt ceiling altogether, and. And capitalism once and for all, yeah. but it, that's besides the point. But Drew, man, like this is extremely encouraging. One, Republicans are going to get a win on this, it looks like. And two, I don't know, like maybe maybe Americans are starting to understand economics a little better than I give them credit for.
0: Maybe, maybe, Brady. Maybe. I mean, the one thing, <laughs> the one the one takeaway that, that just kind of popped on my mind from this polling is it feels like one of very, very few issues where um democratic talking points laundered through the corporate press are not resonating with people right i feel like there um there are a lot of other dem talking points on issues that matter to them where the press faithfully repeats it to the american people and they kind of soak it up right i think you see this a, a lot in a lot of the culture war issues but it seems like in this one that's not happening. And I'm very curious about why. I don't have any idea why that would be the case. Um, I, but I know one of the things that, that, that we, we've we discussed previously is that the thing, the metaphor that I think probably sticks with people, um, whether or not it's accurate, I think is probably beside the point, but it, it sticks with people is that when, like, if a family were looking at their budget, and would look out and say, yeah, um, budget's busted. We are not doing a good job on this. We're spending a lot more money than we take in. Then they would look at the amount of money they're taking in and the amount of money they're, they're spending out. Um, and I think that that messaging generally just kind of sits well in the brains of everyday people and everyday voters. And when they hear that we want to do one of those things and not the other, it doesn't resonate. It just seems kind of preposterous in a way that I also think it's preposterous. Um, but but it's interesting that this this one seems to be resonating with people because, yeah, 60 percent. I thought it would be higher than you. I thought, like, if you if you told me 50 50, I would have been pretty comfortable. But, man, 60 percent of people agree with Republicans on an issue. a Bad day for CNN.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Real bad day for old Jake Tapper over there. Yeah, it is encouraging. And, you know, obviously we have a lot of work to do. I, there was a poll last week that said only 22 percent of Americans uh, support entitlement reform which, yeah. uh, that's not good. And, you know, that, you know, 78% should probably know that entitlement reforms coming <laughs> one way or another. I mean, you yep. can, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. Exactly. because um, the whole thing, the whole racket's going to be insolvent and in, in, within nine years or so a little under nine years. So it's like mm-hmm. freight trains are coming boys. <laughs> you can, yep. you know, yep. you can, you can do it the easy way or the hard way. But, um, yeah, I think it was it Bill Buckley that said, uh, like, you would rather just pick, five hundred thirty five random names out of the phone book and it replace was, Congress. Exactly. Yep, yep. <laughs> so maybe this poll from CNN just proves that to be true, that, yeah, just random donks off the street would <laughs> understand uh, fiscal matters a lot better than most senators and congressmen. But, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely, man. Drew, yeah, my I brother, think. it's great to talk to you again. Um, just happy nice that we pleasure. could have this conversation, obviously. Um, let's do it again soon. Where can everybody read your stuff? Follow online. Uh, read your awesome threads and all that good stuff yeah
0: yeah i appreciate that so um everything i've got now is housed at the beacon so um for those of you guys who don't know i'm a staff writer for the washington free beacon um and if you just go to freebeacon.com you should see you know whatever i've written will likely be up toward the top Um, assuming i put out something recently which i try and do pretty often uh, but you can also just search my name on the website there and you should be able to come up with everything that i've been writing recently and those those dovetail with My threads and anything else I'm doing on Twitter.
1: Everybody support uh, The Beacon. They do great work over there, and everybody follow Drew. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.